all been all sorts of songs written about what we're gonna do, um, about how what it's gonna be like, but that'll be something absolutely amazing that we can't even comprehend. So let's sing about when we all get to heaven. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace. You will reign. 
I'm not preaching tonight. You can turn me on, all right? <laughs> uh, as you make way back seats again, thank you all for being here tonight. I thought when we came in we were going to have some major problems. Because we've got two churches competing for the back rows back there. I'm glad that's not just a Victor Way thing, brother. <laughs> yeah, they must be just as scared of you as they are me. I don't know. Get to the back row, right? And, and, uh, yeah, it's slipping out. That's right. <laughs> but we're thankful you're here tonight. Thankful for everything the Lord's done this week. Looking forward to a great night tonight. I'm just going to introduce and then we're going to sing one more song. But, uh, of course, he doesn't need much introduction. Most of you know. How many of you have heard Brother Howard Nestor? Y'all know him? How many of you know him if you haven't heard him? Let's start there. How many of you know him? All right. How many of you heard him preach? All right. Well, you, most of you know, and you're in for a treat tonight, and I'm so excited to have my friend. And listen, I, I'll tell you this, and, and I mean this, and I know this has been a week where I've had pretty well most of my friends, all four of my friends in. <laughs> to pre- <laughs> you say, preacher, you got a lot of friends. No, I don't. That was all four of them. You met them all now. And <laughs> in the ministry, I'm going to tell you, it, it's sometimes uh, kind of hard to have friends in the brother. And uh, I'm not going to go into this long diatribe about how tough the ministry is, but I tell you, sometimes it is hard to have folks you can trust, brothers that you stand, have the right stand with, and uh, and you can you can agree with, and even when you disagree, you can love each other anyway. And uh, uh, but he's one of those. And uh, the men, most of the men you met, I, I've known most of my life. And Brother Howard, I didn't get to meet him until we moved down here, and he's just become one of my my dearest friends in the ministry here local. I know anytime I got a major problem, all I got to do is give him a call. And, and uh, uh, what's the name? Rio Grande is always waiting on us. And uh, and we get together and uh, spend some time in prayer together. We get together, uh, share wisdom, or I'll let him share wisdom, and I shut up and listen. And uh, and I appreciate his friendship. I just want to tell you that. And I meant what I said earlier. There's a there's a lot of preachers that uh, we could have come, and a lot of preachers we have had come, and and uh, everybody's got different styles and so forth. But I pray tonight you open your hearts. Never been a time this man's preached uh, that he hasn't helped me. And I don't know about you. I need some help. Y'all need some help? I'm just a wretched old man that the the Lord's called to preach, and I need some help. So I'm looking forward to the challenge tonight. Thank you for being here, my friend. And you come preach after they sing. Or after we sing. All right, if everyone please stand and join as we sing, It Is Well. No matter what you're going through, whether it's uh, the best time of your life or going through a lot of uh, rough patches right now, because Christ died for us, He saved us, um, we can we can say it is well, and re- regardless of what circumstance we're in, let's uh, sing this song. It is well. When peace like a
voices let's sing just the chorus of this turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Thank you for singing. You may be seated. In light, are we good? There we go. Can you hear me now? That's for all you folks in the back from Meyer Fort Baptist. <laughs> I was a little concerned there. Uh, I noticed these fine young people up here and this fine looking pianist, and Brother Mike said, We're going to sing. I was, I was quite relieved when he was talking about all of us and, not, and he wasn't going to help them. Because uh, I've stood beside Brother Mike in the prayer advance, and it's good there's a lot of folks that know. I'm just. <laughs> Uh, if you haven't heard J.D. sing, you're missing a treat. Anybody heard him, Miss Linda? Uh, does he sing in the shower? Okay. <laughs> it's a blessing to be here tonight. I appreciate uh, the kind words. Uh, certainly, it is tough being in the ministry, and I appreciate Brother Mike. He is a friend of mine. He is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Uh, he is a good listener. You better love your pastor. There's very few good listeners anymore. And uh, if I were to describe Brother Mike as a man, I'd say he's a good listener. Now, his wife might not agree with that. But uh, as far as a pastor, he is a, a fine man. I thank God uh, that he has put him in my path. There's been times when I have leaned on him, uh, and he has helped me. And I appreciate that so much. I was talking to him there. I've seen Brother Joe back there. Brother Joe Skelton, where's he at? He's hiding somewhere. There he is. On the front row, I said something to him about being a Yankee, and uh, I'd like to pick at him about that. But Mike said he had several in here, and I said, well, their speech bereath them. So, uh, uh, But uh, I appreciate Brother Joe there. Uh, he is a snorer. I'm glad I don't have to stay with him to prayer advance anymore. But uh, no, it is a blessing uh, to be here tonight. I hope you've been praying for me. I understand you've heard some good preaching. And I'll tell you what, if you've heard good preaching, you're in the minority in this, this country anymore. Uh, there's very few good preachers out there, a whole lot of ear ticklers, a whole lot of those who will tell you what you want to hear, but I thank God for men who stand behind the sacred desk and give you what you need and give you what God has given them. If you have your Bibles tonight, let's turn to the book of 1 John, chapter number 4. I uh, just want to speak on, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what Brother Dewey Weaver used to say. How many of you know Brother Dewey Weaver? A good old man of God, love him to death. He'd say, I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you what, Henry VIII's wife told his he told his last wife, "I'll not keep you long." Uh, anybody ever heard him say that? But he, Brother Dewey, is a blessing to me. Uh, but uh, tonight, as we look here in First John, of course, I love John's writing. Uh, John is a man that doesn't beat around the bush very much. God used him. God used his character. By the way, I know that the word is inspired. By the way, these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there's many people today, and I won't get on this tonight. But there's a lot of people trying to say that. Uh, that only the words in red are what Jesus said. Y'all heard that. You know, I think it was our former president, Jimmy Carter, that said Jesus never said anything about homosexuality, uh, which in the red he may not have, but I'm going to tell you he's the author and finisher of our faith. 
And He is the inspired Word of God. He is the living Word of God. He was made living flesh, but He is the Word of God. And by the way, Jesus Christ said the Old Testament. Can I get an amen right there? Uh, he, what he, what's in this book is, I believe, the inerrant, infallible Word of God. And I believe what it says is what it means, and it means what it says tonight. And like I said, I like Brother John there. I like the way he writes. He writes it plain and simple. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. I like that kind of preaching, by the way. Uh, but tonight here in chapter 4 of 1 John, we're just going to deal with the first three verses here tonight. And I'm just going to, like I said, I'm just going to give you three short points tonight uh, in these verses. But let's all stand, if you don't mind, uh, to those who are able to stand uh, at the reverence to the reading of the Word of God. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits where they of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come into flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come into flesh is not of God. Y'all get that? And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You may be seated. I want to preach tonight, just give you three short points. Uh, uh, I know what it says, uh, we talk about, uh, you know, we're going to finish up, doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, Brother Mike has talked about that, talking about Apostle Paul saying, finally, my brethren, and he goes on for two more chapters. Uh, but certainly tonight, I I'll try not to keep you too long, just whatever the Holy Spirit leads us to do. But I want to notice three things tonight about these verses. I want you to notice, first of all, in verse number one, Christians must discern the spirits. In verses 2 and 3, Christians must divide the spirits. And in verse number 4, Christians must dominate the spirits. Tonight, we are not in a weak situation, folks. We are in power. If you're here tonight and you're a child of God and you're saved, the Bible even says here, and we'll hit on it, don't want to get ahead of myself, but he says, we have overcome the spirits. We have overcome the false teachers. Now I want you to know that many denominations today, and I'm not going to preach on denominations tonight, I'm of one domination, and that is the Word of God, and what it says, and what it believes, and I believe that. Whether you believe it or not, that settles it. But I want you to know there's many denominations today that take verse number 4 out of context, and they say, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, and you can just overcome everything, and you can prosper in everything, and God wants you to have wealth, and God wants you to have health, and if you don't, you're sinning. Well, I hate to tell you this, but the Apostle Paul wasn't sinning when God didn't take the thorn in the flesh away from him. God understood that he needed weakness in order to be strong. Tonight, this verse is solely in this concept, and in this context, is talking about false teachers. I want you to know today that there are false teachers. There are those that preach another doctrine. And God even said uh, uh, through the Apostle Paul, let them be accursed. But I want you to notice tonight that in verse number 1, Christians must discern the spirits. Can I tell you, being spiritual does not always mean that you're following Jesus. You hear a lot of spiritual talk today. People are spiritual. But I want to tell you something. Not all that claim to be spiritual are following the Lord Jesus Christ. The Buddhist claims to be spiritual. The, the Muslim claims to be spiritual. We must discern those spirits. We must understand that the Bible says here, try, try the spirits whether they are of God. Big G. Tonight we must pay attention to what's going on in our churches. We must pay attention to what's going on in our families. We must pay attention to what's going on in our world. And we must discern what is evil and what is good. I can guarantee you tonight, if you go over to Christiansburg or down to Winston, to Barnes and Nobles, and you go in to the spiritual section, you're not going to see too many Bibles. Have you noticed that? 
They have the Bibles very close to all the the, the Eastern mysticism books and and all those things uh, that are ungodly and are satanic. Uh, and we and everybody's not a child of God. We'll talk about that uh, t- a little bit tonight. The Bible even said Jesus Christ Himself said, "All that cry, Lord, Lord, shall not enter therein." Let us be careful. A lot of the people are talking about God. They're talking about a little G and not a big G. It wasn't very long ago that uh, I know J.D.'s hero, Oprah Winfrey, had this to say. (laughs) She said, I love God. She's done a lot for me. Be very careful. Discern the Spirit's. We're not careful when we hear the word God, we'll smile. We're quick to support our favorite sports heroes or our favorite politician or our favorite celebrity when they mention the word God. But you best listen closely because the one they're saying and calling God may not be Yahweh. He may not be Jehovah. He may not be the self-existing one. You better be careful when you hear the word God. Don't lay down your Bible. You better pick it up when you hear that word and understand where they're coming from and who they are calling to. Today they're trying to mix all religions. It's nothing new. The Roman Catholic Church has been doing it for centuries. They go out on the Indian Reservation and they put down all of these uh, expensive stained glass windows depicting the Lord Jesus Christ as a Native American and all the apostles as Native American. And I want to tell you something tonight. If you're not careful, you'll get drawn into something that doesn't offend anybody. Be careful what you allow into your mind. Discern the spirits. Try the spirits to see if they are of big G. Let me give you something. The only time that a Christian should have their palm red is if they're painting their barn. Can I get an amen right there? Yet today people are doing that and they're allowing these things to come in. Even Christians playing with Ouija boards. I'm going to tell you something. You're not talking to your dead relative. You're talking to a demon, and they are real. And I hate to tell you they'll lie to you. The clerk at Walmart will lie to you, let alone Satan himself. He'll lie to you. So we need to discern the spirits tonight in verse number 1. We need to have our guard up. We need to know what the Word of God says so if one of these spiritual people starts to twist the Word of God, instantly we know that they're in the wrong and that they're trying to drag us down a place and be a false teacher. How are we going to know this tonight? How are we going to know how to discern the spirits? I love that the Bible is the greatest commentary on itself. Notice in verse number 2, not only do we see Christians must discern the spirits in verse number 1, but we also need to understand that Christians must divide the spirits in verses number 2 and 3. The Bible doesn't leave us hanging. I know that there's men, I don't know, I'm picking on J.D. tonight, and I guess I could ask Dwight, but I wouldn't want him to put him on the spot. But I know that there's people, and I know J.D.'s a doer. Now, I don't know how he teaches people. I'll ask later. But I've been involved with some people that says, just do it like this, and then they leave you to do it. I don't know whether he's like that or not. but I'm glad the Bible doesn't do that. I'm glad that it has uh, the patience. God is patient on and on us, and He takes His time. And here through the uh, the writing in the book of First John, He begins to tell us how we can discern the spirits. In order to discern them, we must know how to divide them and realize what is of God and what is not. Notice it says in verse 2, Whereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Let me tell you, the name of Jesus separates spiritual influences. You can talk about God all day and they'll agree with you. But when you mention Jesus Christ, you'll see them grit their teeth. You'll see them get angry. You can pray to God at the local football game all you want to, but when you pray in the name of Jesus Christ, you have created some enemies because the word Jesus Christ separates the spirits. It lets us know here that Jesus Christ is the key to understanding which is real and which is not, which is of God and which is of Antichrist. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. 
Let me give you this. Those A lot of people that, that call on the name of God uh, should be sued uh, for false advertisements for their Christian t-shirt and their bumper stickers when their life doesn't match up to what God has to say. They'll talk about God all day long, uh, but they don't love Jesus. Uh, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about a relationship that demands a, a loving response to a loving Savior. I, I serve Him because I love Him, not because I have to. I serve Him not because I want to. I don't want to go to hell, but I serve Him because I know He's the reason I don't have to go to hell. It's about Jesus Christ tonight. Let me tell you this, there's a lot of people that confess that they're Christian. A lot of people that confess the Lord, but they don't confess Jesus Christ. Let me tell you this, a belief that is mouthed, the confession with the mouth must be preceded by a belief in the heart. It's not what goes into a man, it's what comes out. I like what one illustration said. If you've got a glass full of coffee and you're walking across the room and you trip, when you spill, coffee comes out. Let me tell you, when life trips you, what comes out is what's in you. You're not going to spill apple juice if you're full of coffee. The rest of you will get it. <laughs> There's go, whatever comes out is what's in you. And there's so many today that confess that they believe in God and they believe in all these things. And I'm going to tell you tonight that it says that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh. is going to be confessed by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit does one thing and His main job is to reveal Jesus Christ. I had, a, I had a good instructor one time that was describing the Holy Spirit of God and he simply said, this is what he does. And he stuck the Bible up in my face about two inches from my nose. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He reveals the Word. He doesn't do all these crazy things people want to put in about the Holy Ghost of God. It's not some Casper running around somewhere giving somebody one thing, giving somebody something else. The Spirit of God will always confess Jesus Christ. He'll never bring honor to Himself. The Spirit of God never brings honor to Himself. His job is simply to point to the cross and the Lord Jesus Christ. And every spirit that confesses that Jesus is coming, the flesh is of God. His flesh for our flesh. His spirit for our spirit. Listen, we're not sold out. We've been bought out tonight by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We're bought with a price. We're not our own anymore. It's not our decision anymore. We're not to serve God in an advisory role. We're, so, we're bought out. We didn't even know what the price was. And Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. And He's confessing Him. And the Spirit will confess that Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 16, when Peter made the great confession, he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said this, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And let me tell you, that's the work of the Spirit right there. God reveals these things. Spiritual truth comes through and by the Holy Spirit of God. Not some... Uh, let me give you this. And I've been guilty of it. I want you to think about it. I hope I say something tonight that you'll think about something because God's revealed this to me. I feel led. How many of y'all said that? Y'all ever said that? I do all the time. Let me remind you that being led is not a feeling. I'm led to do things... I don't feel. Are y'all with me? I'm led to do things I don't like. The leading of God is a word, not a feeling. You have a word. Now, I'm not talking about having something that you want to do in your mind. You go to Scripture and try to find a verse that backs you up. <laughs> that's called uh, eisegesis instead of exegesis. Boy, that's a big word for a redneck like me. <laughs> I want to tell you tonight that it's about letting God lead you. It, it, the Spirit will lead us and let us know, and it will divide those spirits. And if it's of God, the Word of God will line up, and the Spirit of God will reveal, and it will all work together too good for them. 
But there's a, as a flip side to that as well. In verse number 3, as we look at this, uh, we must divide. It also gives us how it lets us know when it's not God's Spirit. Look what it says in verse number 3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. That's pretty plain. I don't know. They may have changed it in some of the modern versions, but they probably did. But I don't see how you could say it any plainer than that. Do you? That's about as plain as you can get it right there. It says that those that do not confess Jesus Christ are not, <laughs> are not, coming to, are not of God. Notice that tonight. It is not of God when they do that. Listen, once again, the name Jesus separates spiritual influences, not in the positive, but also in the negative. Jesus separates these things. There's no compromise in this matter. Either you are of Christ or you're anti-Christ. There is no middle ground. There is nobody that's almost there. It's not horseshoes or hand grenades. Either you're saved or you're lost. And there is no middle ground. There is no spiritual purgatory where you're in between and almost there. Either you are or you're not. There's no compromise. That which is not of Christ is anti-Christ. We like to throw that term around. People thought that Bill Clinton was the Antichrist. Y'all remember that? He proved that because Daniel says he will not regard the desire of women. He didn't do that, did he? He did regard the desire of women. Be careful when everybody points Antichrist, Antichrist. Let me tell you something. We don't have to worry about the Antichrist because we're not going to be here when he comes up on the scene. So quit worrying about that. Quit, start worrying about the influence that doth already work, by the way. Notice that there is a way to discern the Spirit. Also realize that there's a way to divide the spirits. They're all crying this. We're all God's children. That's anti-biblical. The Bible says that Abraham had two sons. He had one Isaac who was the son of the promise and he had one Ishmael that was the son of the flesh. What did Sarah say when, 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 Ish, when uh, Isaac come along? She said, separate the bondwoman's son. He hath no part with the heir. You get that? Jacob was the son of the Spirit while Esau was the son of the flesh. Listen, there's a separation there. We're not all God's children. The Spirit of Antichrist, let me get you this to you. It, the spirit of Antichrist is not anti-religious. You see, once again, well, they're in a religion. If they're not in Christ, they're of Antichrist. The Bible clearly teaches that. The Bible clearly shows that, uh, that they're either in Christ or they're not in Christ. Uh, let me give you this. In the book of Revelation, it says that the false prophet will get everybody that's here. Uh, the whole world will worship the mark of the beast. Uh, and the beast, uh, listen, there's God, Jesus, uh, Satan is not against religion at all. He don't mind if you're religious. He don't mind it at all as long as the Spirit is not the Spirit of God. Christians, we must understand that there is a difference. We can divide the spirits if we pay attention to the Word of God. Not only, though, tonight can we discern the spirits in verse number 1. Oh, we can divide the spirits in verse number 2 and 3, but we can dominate the spirits in verse 4. You're not at the mercy of the spirits that are anti-Christ. By the way, I want to give you this. We're not losing. Sometimes it's hard to see. I'm going to tell you, the day of crucifixion, it was hard for them disciples to see that they was losing. They thought they were losing. It was hard for them to see that they were winning on that day. It didn't look like they were winning. It looked like everything went against them. But I want to tell you tonight that we can dominate the spirits. Let me give you an example. book of Acts, it was these seven sons went up to this man that was possessed. And they said, we adjure you by the God of Paul, Jesus of Paul, to come out of this man. And the demons answered and said, Jesus we know. And Paul we know. But who are you? 
Heard a great sermon one time, Brother John Smith up in Taze Valley Baptist Church up there in West Virginia, and he preached, does hell know who you are? <laughs> Let me tell you something the demons know. They knew Jesus Christ, and by the way, if He lives in you, they know you. When Jesus approached them, they said, don't torment us before the time. Every movie you see uh, that depicts some demon, he beats the preacher up. How many of you know that? I'm going to tell you something. He could, he could stand out there and throw stuff at you, but you're a child of God. He can't touch nothing that God doesn't say it's all right. I want to tell you tonight that we can dominate the spirits. Uh, look what it says in verse number 4. Uh, it, it lets us know. It says, ye are of God. Boy, that's simple enough. And that's big G. I can get in on that right there. It is ye are of God talking to those people. Those believers, John says, ye are of God. We're not all God. Are we? He didn't say we all. He said ye are children of God. Only those who have been born again are joint heirs with Christ. Tonight, if you're not saved, I'd be very afraid. Now, I'm going to tell you, God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. If you're here and you're lost... You have reason to fear. Because there's nothing standing between you and hell. Nothing. But if you're a child of God, you can dominate. Notice what it says. It says that ye are the children of God, little children, and have overcome them. <laughs> Listen, uh, they are not at the mercy of false prophets. We are not at the mercy of false prophets because the Bible says we have overcome them. Because of our righteousness? No. Because of our church membership? No. Because we donate money and time? I'll never forget the example that Brother Craig Edwards preached in revival last spring or spring before last gave us this example. He said, I got on a plane one time. He said, I was bumped up to first class. The coach. How that happened? He said he sat down by this very, apparently very lucrative businessman, and he sat there and he was in first class. And he thought, "Wow, man, this is great." The guy beside of him says, "What do you do for a living?" <laughs> well, Craig says, "I'm an evangelist." He said, "Well, you must do pretty good for yourself." And he thought, "I just left played along." He said, the man said, well, I consider myself a spiritual man. Craig said, you just let him talk. That's what wise men do. He said, I went to a Catholic church, a Catholic school when I was a child. He said, I went to, uh, to uh, I, I, give, I go to church and to Mass as much as I can, and I give very generously to the church. I consider myself a spiritual man. And the wisdom of only an old man of God can have. He said, sir, can I ask you a question? He said, if going to a Catholic church and giving of your tithes and going to a Catholic school and being faithful to Mass was enough, why did Jesus have to come and die on a cross? He said, all the man says, I never thought about it. Let me tell you, you can't overcome if you don't have the Son in your life. I'm not talking about just having some uh, uh, knowledge of Him. Uh, listen, uh, are we going to get uh, dominated over the spirits because we vote Republican? Brother, I hope you don't have to get the bomb of Gilead out. I know my church has heard me say this, and I may have said this here before, but let me bet you in on a little truth. God is not the mascot of the Republican Party. Matter of fact, God's not even an American. <laughs> I've said it before. When the Constitution says one thing and the Word of God says one thing, the Constitution gets kicked out. Because the Word of God rings true. I'm telling you tonight that if we're going to overcome, we must have Jesus Christ in our life. And I want you to notice what it says here. And certainly we could preach on this all night. It says, because greater is He that is in you. I'm going to tell you, Abraham was a great man, wasn't he? Moses was a great man. 
I know he was a Baptist putting up a minister, putting up all those whining people. <laughs> I didn't get many amens there. You didn't even say amen. Are you worried, Brother Mike? <laughs> no, I'm just picking on. <laughs> David was a great man. The disciples were great men. Paul was a great man. The writer of this book we're looking at was a great man. But the Bible says greater is he. You got a good pastor. Don't brag on him too much. His head gets big. But the truth is there's a man greater. And guess where he's at tonight? If you're a child of God, he's in you. You take Him everywhere you go. There's nowhere you're out of bounds. He's with you. He don't go somewhere and say, I ain't going in there. He goes with you. That's scary, ladies and gentlemen. Everywhere you go, you take the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I used to be offended when I looked around and I saw church buildings that were being sold and made into houses. It's a tragedy. But you know, this building's not the abode of the Lord Jesus Christ. He ain't here. Unless one of His children are. He's not in this building when there's nobody here. You are the abode of the Lord Jesus Christ. Greater is He that is in you. You don't have to worry about He that is in the world. You don't have to worry about the government coming and taking this and that. Because listen, they can't touch your soul. It's about having Jesus Christ not just around you, but in you. He was in this world, but He was not of the world. He's in you tonight. Let me tell you, it's not what you know about Him. It's are are you letting Him run your life? Wouldn't it be sad to own a business and couldn't even run it? For some Christians, that's what they're doing. Jesus owned you. And you won't let him make decisions. I've said this quite often. Don't tell me you trust God if you don't trust him with your money. And pastor's not saying anything about money. But I'm going to go ahead and say this. If you don't trust him with your money, you don't trust him with nothing else because that's the easiest thing you trust him with. I'm talking about somebody that trusts and loves and abides with Jesus Christ. It's not just about praying with him, but being prostrate before him. Just giving it all to Him and worshiping Him. Listen, let me tell you tonight, we're not marching toward victory. We're marching from victory. The Bible lets us know that there's a Roman triumph there. It says that we have triumphed. And let me tell you that Jesus Christ has triumphed over death, hell, and the grave and over the demons. He didn't have to work to do that, by the way. He's been over them from the beginning. Matter of fact, He's the one that made them and He gives them their marching orders tonight. Jesus Christ is over it all. Of all things, He consists there in the book of Colossians. Truthfully, this ought to be a victory lap for Jesus. Instead of, oh me, what we're going to do? Attendance is down. Boy, I've been there. Oh me, the offering's down. Miss Brenda, I've been there. <laughs> and what we're going to do, Secretary? Boy, oh ye of little faith, God says. It ain't about numbers. I have to be reminded once in a while Jesus only had twelve. And one of them was the devil. I don't think they put him in as deacon. I don't just kidding. Just kidding. Listen. We've already overcome. So why are we walking around like this? Oh, there's another spirit, man. I'm here. There's a spirit of of unfaithfulness in the church. Man, I don't know what I'm going to do. We've overcome. Why are we so down? Why are we so discouraged tonight? Listen, there's nothing. What is the spirit of the world have to offer anyway? Temporary. For a season. You ever thought about that? The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. You believe it's already the fall of 2019? That should put it in perspective how short a season is. It'll be winter before we know it. It seems like this day before yesterday was Memorial Day. There's pleasure in sin for a season. 
Listen, it's just a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. It's gone in an instant. Listen, are you tonight, do you have the devices of Satan worrying you? Is he deceiving you tonight? Are you allowing those spirits to have rule in your life? Are you allowing them to build strongholds in your life? Jesus said this, I will, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell. By the way, that's significant to every demon and devil. They know what that is. Jesus said even the very gates of hell is not going to prevail against it. If you open it up and let them all on you, you they're still not going to prevail. <laughs> But we've forgotten as a church. You know why? Because we no longer try the spirits. We don't discern what's right and what's wrong. We just try to get along. We don't divide what's right and what's wrong so we don't have to make choices. And we don't dominate. Let me ask you a question tonight. Are you saved? Because if you're not, you're dominated. The devil has ruled your life. I'm not talking, I don't care if you've been baptized to all the tadpoles knows your social security number. Without Jesus Christ in your life, you're lost as a ball in high weeds. And if you die tonight, hell will be your home. And you'll get to experience those demons for eternity because they're going to be thrown into the lake of fire and so are you if you die without Christ. born-again Christians, are we helping Satan with his goals by letting his spirit rule in our life, the spirit of Antichrist? We can be saved and still do the work of Satan for us. The Lord, he done the work of Satan. When we sin, it's time we as a church try the spirits to see if they're of God. And like the church at Ephesus, I know they lost their first love, but listen, it also says they tried the spirits and they found out who was real and who wasn't. And that's a biblical commandment that we've gotten away from. Church, are you trying the spirits tonight? Has God revealed one to you tonight that you're letting over here in the corner get a little, get a little place started? Anger, unforgiveness, all those things. I'm going to tell you, a little one will turn into a big one. If you don't try the spirits. Let's all stand. Preacher, you come on. Do this. Invitation as you see fit, brother. nailed it right everything that says it's of God is not of God we have to be so careful in the day and age we live in we have to be so careful to discern because I want to tell you here's, here's the way the antichrist works here's the way Satan's dominions work they have always imitated the things of God we've let the world picture him this way like, the, like a, with his little you know fork, forklift or what, what's the thing somebody help me out yeah, pitchfork, y'all. There you go, and the little things coming out of his head, and that's and he's as evil, and we're gonna recognize him. He's all red face and all. No, the Bible says he comes as an angel of light. The Bible says that that listen, he was the most desirable of them all, and he's always emulated everything God's done. He's got an unholy spirit to go with God's holy spirit. He's got an antichrist to go against. Jesus Christ. He himself wants to go against the Father. Everything. Listen, just be real careful. Somebody was, we were talking the other night, and I don't remember who I was talking to, but we were talking about, he mentioned growth a little bit, and uh, church growth, and, and we've got this idea in our modern society that, listen, well, 
if some place is running so many people, then how could they be wrong? God must be blessing them. Be real careful there. Have you ever gone down the road and saw one of those animals that got run over on the road? You ever gone by him a couple times, like the next day? Did you notice he's a little bigger than he was the day before? If the birds haven't eaten him, he's kind of swollen up. Anybody ever had one of them near your house where you had to go move them, pick them up? Have you ever cut one of them open and realized that even though it was swelling and large, it stunk? Listen, we got to be real careful basing this thing. We base things on spirituality based on the things of what we see. And we need to base it off that word. If it lines up with the word, then praise God. I hope every church gets five million people in it. If it don't line up with God, I don't care if they got five million people in it. It ain't of God. Don't give God credit for a crowd. Give God credit for how he works in your life. Listen, discerning the spirits. Boy, it's a needful message today. Needful. If you could, if you could just know the questions I get on a regular basis, weekly basis, almost you could say daily basis, through text, through messages, whatever. And I just sit there and say, sometimes, brother, I'm just be honest. I say I'm failing as a pastor. They don't know that answer. They're getting ready to get fooled. They're this close from following something that certainly isn't of God. But preacher so-and-so said it. If God didn't say it, you'd be real careful. Amen. We've got to be like the Bereans. Search the Scripture and see if these things are so. Let me just ask you tonight by way of invitation. Miss Joanne, if you go ahead and place awfully here. Let me ask you, is there some area in your life tonight that you've allowed Satan to get a little foothold in? His unholy spirit to lead you a little bit astray in. Maybe you even know in your heart of hearts that it's wrong. But you try to justify it. Because that's what he'll do. He'll, he'll help you try to justify anything that he wants to get you off on. And I ask you to spend some time with God. Get honest with him. We can get clean just as fast as we got dirty. Amen. I'm thankful First John 1 John 1.9 still in the Bible, aren't you? <laughs> I'm thankful, listen, when we confess our sins, that He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That quick, we can get clean. Now, confess means a little more than what we always think of it meaning. It doesn't mean I just admit it. Confess means I literally say the same thing God says about it. I agree with Him. God, you're right. That's wrong. That thought I had, Lord, that cast doubt on Your Word, that's wrong. Lord, that, that thing I tried to justify, even in, uh, even though I thought maybe it was your spirit, but I know if it's against the Word of God, it certainly wasn't your spirit. Lord, that's wrong. I agree with you, that's wrong. I confess that tonight, Lord. Cleanse me, and He will. Isn't that a wonderful thing tonight to know? Spend a moment or two right there in your, in your seats in prayer. Ask Him, Lord, cleanse me tonight. Cleanse me from thoughts, Lord, that would go against your Word. Cleanse me, Lord, from thoughts that wouldn't honor Jesus. Cleanse me, Lord, from even actions. Of course, we've never done it until we first thunk it. But, Lord, we can get those thoughts cleansed. The actions will take care of itself. Help me in my heart. Help me in my mind. Help me to discern the spirits. Help me keep it all about Jesus. All about Jesus. We thank you now. Amen. You may be seated tonight for just a moment. I'm going to ask our ushers if they come forward tonight, and uh, we're going to take up a, as we have each night, take up a, a love offering for our guest speaker. And I appreciate your faithfulness each and every night to give, and you know the the Bible. Uh, you've heard me quote it all week, but the Bible says that those that live by the gospel or those that preach the gospel shall live by the gospel. Thankful for that wonderful truth. Thankful for uh, the labor is worthy of his hire. And uh, and if you've been blessed tonight, I, I 
I pray that you just give what God would have you to give, and and, uh, and I promise you, if you give what He had you to give, then uh, then then we're going to meet some needs and be a blessing to to our dear friend that came to preach to our hearts tonight. And so tonight, I'm going to ask Brother Roger, oh, Brother Roger, you pray over this offering, please. blessing to be here tonight. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Howard and if you and your wife would head back to the back doors for us so folks can greet you on the way out. Thank him as you go by for, for being here with us tonight. I'm telling you, uh, I've already mentioned it and I'm not going to say it over and over again, but I'm, I'm serious. Friends, y'all know this, <laughs> friends in the ministry, but friends, period, that you can really trust and rely on are hard to find. And I'm thankful to be able to count you as my friend, brother, and thank you for being here tonight. And thank you for your spirit and the the wonderful message. So while he's heading back, we're going to close in song. Amen. So Brother Edith's going to come and we singing what we planned or you changed it? Uh, I think we'll just sing what we planned. Uh, the Solid Rock. Everyone please stand. As we close with The Solid Rock. First verse and chorus. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Thank you for singing. You are dismissed.